Now, gentlemen. The defendant is not guilty. But somebody in this courtroom is. Unmitigated temerity. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, hello and welcome to the OK Gatsby Season 3 to Chill, Chill a Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Uh, oh. Welcome back. We're hopping into chapters 9 and 10 today. Yeah, uh, Some fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it before. Like, like it, it's an episodic novel where, like, each chapter is, like, yeah, like a little episode. Yeah. And it's almost like... Um, I talked about it's like it's kind of like a TV season where they kind of tease this big three episode arc coming down the line. <laughs> but there is still yeah little arcs, a lot of a lot episode. of little character adventures to go through before we right. get to that. So you care about that big old arc. But it's like yeah, we're gonna go open the hatch or whatever yeah. that happens in Lost. I didn't really follow Lost, but yeah, this this is one of the first like we're really planting the seeds for the big old big old arc, but. We still got some little adventures well, to go. Right? Is this this is the first? Uh, yeah, this is the first time that the the trial is even mentioned. We are yes. now we are now in the trial phase. Yes, the pre-trial phase. Yeah, uh, get ready. And it starts off with a bang, uh, with Scout going, "You can just take that back, boy!" Exclamation point. Uh, and she's yelling at Cecil Jacobs. <laughs> so we have not met Cecil before. Have we? Uh, he's mentioned as the one who doesn't go by the Radley place. <laughs> so he's like a little scaredy cat. He's, he's a little scaredy he, cat. He walks, a f- he walks a full mile in order to get back to get home. Yeah, just to not to circumvent see Radley. Yeah. the Radley place. Gotcha. This is this kid. Okay. A little coward. So it's it's good. I mean, it's good writing right away where you're like, oh, we're in the middle of the fight again. <laughs> There's never like it. They all start off with a. Some of them start off with a real gentle entrance, and this one is like. Boom! Yeah, in Scout is fighting. <laughs> yeah, you get some. Sometimes, like, yeah, summer took a long time in Macomb, Alabama. Summer passed like a whisper yeah. in the ear of an old cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is like mid punch. Yeah, um, um, but it's a little conflict moment because Atticus had, had promised me he would wear me out if he ever heard of me fighting anymore. I was far too old and too big for such childish things, and the sooner I learned to hold in, the better off everybody would be. I soon forgot. Yeah, so he's given her some typical Atticus advice. Please do not fight. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't get in fights. You're too big of a girl. Uh, but you'll be better off. Cecil Jacobs had said something uh, to Scout, and it's uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, he had announced in the schoolyard the day before the Scout Finch's daddy defended uh, N-words, as the word uh, that Cecil uses. I denied it, but told Jim, what do you mean saying that? So now we, it's already starting. Yeah. It's like, that's how she's uh, let known about what Atticus is doing. Yeah. Is that he is in the midst of a racial crisis in the town. Yeah, so Jem knows. Jem says, uh, what do you mean by that, I asked. Jem says, nothing. Ask Atticus, he'll tell you. Um, so then it cuts right to, I think it's getting a little bit faster paced, too. Like, yeah. I feel like... Uh, 
like leaves starting to like you know pull events closer together with little with less like interludes of yeah. like I walked home that day curious to ask Atticus. It was like, what do you mean by that? She cuts right to yeah. this. I feel like it's getting it's, the pace is being picked up here. Yeah, I, well, I think she did so much work in the first eight chapters to be like, this is the town. These are all the characters. This is yeah. like how time passes. This is how school work. Like, and like so this now is how Atticus can, relates to Jem. This is how Jem relates to Scout. This is how Scout relates to Atticus. Yeah, she now yeah. she can really. Uh, Move through at having set the stage so thoroughly, uh, and and Scout asks a blunt question: Where do you defend N words, Atticus? I ask him that evening, uh, and then he says, "Of course I do. Don't say N words, Scout. That's common." And then she replies, "It's what everyone at school says." And then he says, "From now on, it'll be everybody less one." And in a classic Scout line, she says, "Well, if you don't want me to grow up talking that way, why do you send me to school?" <laughs> so this is, she. She cleverly uses this as one of her another defense uh, against going to school, which she hates. Um, she remains anti-school. <laughs> she lists a bunch of stuff that she's been doing to. <laughs> so she calls it a campaign to avoid school. Um, uh, she uh, sinking spells, dizziness, and mild gastro complaints. I went so far as to pay a nickel for the privilege of rubbing my head against the head of Miss Rachel's cook's son. Miss Ra- Miss Rachel's cook's son, who was afflicted with a tri- a tremendous ringworm, it didn't take. Like she's trying to get ringworm, she's yeah. doing like whatever it takes. It didn't take. It's so funny to hear that in in the ringworm. In terms son. of ringworm, <laughs> yeah. Damn, uh, didn't take. damn ringworm couldn't get it. Didn't take. Didn't go. Yeah. Um. So she corrects her language. And they talk more about it. Uh. And Atticus says to. Uh, well, she asks, do all lawyers defend Negroes, Atticus? And he says, of course. And then... Uh, Why did Cecil say that you defended in words? He made it sound like you were running a still. It's like 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 you're like making a moonshine, yeah, doing something... Really awful. A sh- yeah, that's you know, reprehensible. Shameful. Yeah, shame... Uh, yes. So then we get we get a class... We get some classic Atticus stuff starting here. I'm simply defending a Negro. His name's Tom Robinson. He lives in that little settlement beyond the town dump. He's a member of Calpurnia's church, and Cal knows his family well. She says they're clean-living folks, Scout. You aren't old enough to understand some things yet, but there's been some high-tally... High-talk. High-talk around town to the effect that I shouldn't do much about defending this man. It's a peculiar case. It won't come to trial until summer session. John Taylor was kind enough to give us a postponement. And then Scout says, if you shouldn't be defending him, then why are you doing it? For a number of reasons. The main one is, if I didn't, if I, didn't I couldn't hold up my head in town. I couldn't re- represent the country, the county, and the legislature. I couldn't even tell you or Jen not to do something again. So that's his, uh, so a lot of, like, growing Oscar speeches are, are coming <laughs> up. <laughs> yes, preci- that's a great way, great way to put it. It's like, it's like, we are getting to the point where Atticus is like, this is the character that I am. I am this character. This is what motivates me. I'm a monologue machine. I look deeply into the heart of humanity, and I fight for what is right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, if you're Aaron Sorkin, you are already drooling at yeah. the opportunity to make this into a play, which he has, because um, like the characters are doing very Sorkin-y stuff where they're like, listen, what is right is right, and what is wrong is wrong, and I stand there between those things. The town thinks what's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. <laughs> but right, right, wrong, wrong, there is nothing in between. <laughs> uh, and then this uh, this this is the only time where it was like, like this is almost too too much of a meatball of a question of, you mean if you didn't defend that man, Jim and me wouldn't have to mind you anymore? That's about right. Why? And then Why? He, 
he gives uh it's like set up some more monologue about <laughs> <laughs> about how it relates to me <laughs> and he says because I could never ask you to mind me again scouts simply by the nature of the work every lawyer gets at least one case in his lifetime that affects him personally this one's mine I guess you might hear some ugly talk about it at school but do one thing for me if you will you just hold your head high and keep these those fists down no matter what anybody says to you don't you let them get your goat Try fighting with your head for a change. It's a good one, even if it does resist learning. Uh, so a big old speech about, I mean, I, like, and he's saying, like, I have to do this case. It's, it's my morals and my job are lining up at this very peculiar moment. I know I'm going to be a social pariah. Right. But it's very important to me uh, that I follow through on my ethics. Yeah, and we're gonna, we start seeing all the ways in which socially this is affecting Atticus's life. And the sacrifices he's making on behalf of this moral decision. Mm. Um, so it's good this is set up earlier in the chapter. Um, and then this is the big theme of the book. Nice. Uh, yeah, hit it. Atticus, are we going to win it? No, honey. Then why? Simply because we were licked 100 years before we started is no reason for us not to try to win, Atticus said. The old, you got to try to do what's right even if you know you're going to lose. If you know you're going to lose. But I, I thought it was interesting that he doesn't even have hope for winning. Like, it's just purely he's doing this for the sake of doing it. Yeah, I need to do this right. I'm not going to win. It's a, it's a racist system. I yeah. mean, he, I think later, and he goes like, well, we might be able to win in appeals. Uh, we're not going to win in this town. I think even it's like the town goes crazy over uh, over black folk. Where it's yeah. like, the town is very reasonable except for in this matter. But if I can make a good case, we can go to appeals. Yeah, I think he should have said that right away as opposed to saying it later. It's funny. He's just like, we're not going to win, uh, yeah. but uh, you have to do it anyway. Yeah, you have to do what's but right. I guess, I guess that shows that like, his character is like he's doing the right thing for the reason being that it's right, he's not for yeah. any other reason. He's not naive. He's not like, oh, yeah. well, the town, I'll convince the town. He's like, no, I'm not going to convince the town. Yeah. But I need this to do this for me and to be honorable to my children. And then pretty quickly we start hearing about the family because he says he sounds like Cousin Ike, um, and Cousin Ike is a uh, is like a a Southern uh, guy, sort of a uh, old Confederate. Yeah, well, it's a lot of uh, a lot of lot of rough history in this chapter. Where it's like it's very strange. Where Atticus is the man is going to be a lawyer defending a, a a black man. He's got a cousin that was in or an old uh, what is he called cousin Ike Finch. cousin Ike yeah he's a he he's talks a regularly with a Confederate veteran and then he goes on to visit his family's essentially plantation yeah oh yeah there there was Finch you know Finch slaves working down here you know yeah on the property yeah yeah so right it was a, it's a plantation and he left it he left the plantation and now is defending a black man and so does his brother and there's yeah. still a there's a sister is there the sister's still there and she has a husband who's boring and then a <laughs> son who has a son and that son the the grandson sucks <laughs> yeah francis yeah um but yeah i mean it's I mean, Atticus, is, it's like in his own family. It's He's got Confederate general cousins. He's our uh, Confederate soldier cousins. He's got the the plantation. Like, he's not, he's not like, oh, like these, these hicks will hate me. It's like, no, my sister will hate me. My cut, like my older cousin will hate me. Like, yeah, the effects, the, his, his family's effects, we're going to see. In the, that's, a, that's what chapter nine is all about, is yeah. the effects on his family. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, armed with this knowledge, Scout goes back to school and confronts Cecil Jacobs. You're you gonna take that back, boy. You're gonna make me first. And so he, then he says the thing again: um, that N-word ought to hang from the water tank. Your daddy's a disgrace. Blah blah blah. 
Um, and so Scout walks away. It's the first time she's ever walked away from a fight. Yes, and it's not easy because he he's also yelling out Scout's a, Scout's a coward. Like yeah, right. They really go out like, and she walks away, and then she. Uh, <laughs> She another great skyline. Like I felt extremely noble for having remembered, and remained noble for three weeks. Then Christmas came and disaster struck. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, like it, it sets up this next episode of the same sort of thing. I mean, Harper Lee is a is a master plotter. Yes, there's, no, there's absolutely no scene I mean, like chapter to chapter. It's like, oh, this is a complete piece. Yeah, the domino. The yeah, the chapters are complete pieces, and also they're kind of dominoes like, leading into each other, and they yeah. set up certain things. Like here's the small scale lesson, and then here it is in a bigger situation. Yeah, yeah. She's. I, I, it feels very well outlined. Yes, yeah. she definitely did a little bit of a Google Doc and uh, <laughs> <laughs> went through precisely. Um, so I love the description. So now we're at um, what's it called? Finch's Landing, right? Finch's Landing. We come to Finch's Landing, which is the plantation. Um, Every Where year, Aunt Alexandra lives. Yeah, Aunt Alexandra. Um, she has a grandchild named Francis who's around Scout's age. Uh, and yeah, they go there. There's a, uh, a, a Scout's got an uncle who, uh, like an uncle-in-law, basically, uh, uh, who doesn't say anything except get off the fence. <laughs> One time, yeah, he said get off. <laughs> One time, he said get off the fence. Since then, he's been pretty quiet. Um, I like how they say uh, Aunt Alexandra and uh, yeah, and Uncle yeah, and they're not anything alike. Aunt Alexandra was Atticus's sister, but when Jim told me about changelings and siblings, I decided that she had been swapped at birth. That my grandparents had perhaps received a Crawford instead of a Finch. Yeah, and so you're gonna see that like they have different opinions about what's happening here. Uh, yes, with with Atticus. So, so yeah, Atticus is more and more. I mean, Uncle Jack is the kind of stays neutral because he just went so far away, but it seems like Atticus is the active black sheep of the family. Yeah, Uncle Jack is like neutral. He's a doctor, so it's still... I mean, like a doctor and a lawyer. Is he seems good. to be more friends with Atticus just because, like... Uh, I mean, Atticus paid for his school, and, yeah. he, and he stays with them and stuff like that. It's a good way to keep a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> pay, yeah, pay for your brother's school. Yeah, that'll keep him on your side. Um, but yeah, uh, Uncle Jack is a, a highlight of Christmas. Uh, he comes around. He's a big goofball. Uh, classic uncle stuff. Uh, let's see here. Buy some guns. Yeah. <laughs> uncle, <laughs> uncle stuff. Yeah, he gets some air rifles. Yeah. He never behaved like a doctor. One Christmas, I looked in, lurked in corners nursing a twisted splinter in my foot, permitting no one to come near me. When Uncle Jack caught me, he kept me laughing about a preacher who hated going to church so much that every day he stood at his gate in his dressing gown, smoking a hookah, and delivering five-minute sermons to any passerbys who desired spiritual comfort. I interrupted to make Uncle Jack let me know when he would pull it out, but he held up a bloody splinter and a pair of tweezers and said he yanked it out while I was laughing. That was that. That was what was known as relativity. Ah, relativity. Right. She was so happy she couldn't even feel the pain. That's relativity. Yeah. yeah. Just distracted by Uncle. It's not Einstein's relativity. This is a separate kind of <laughs> this relativity. This is Uncle's el- relativity. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! Hey! What's so bad about it? Now? What's 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 two versus three drinks? That's uh, <laughs> Uncle Relativity. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Uncle Jack's just a fun guy. It like the yeah, the cat thing. She shows a picture of the cat. She's getting fat. That's oh, because she's all left of her fingers and ears from the hospital. <laughs> like that's just like uncles could just lie. <laughs> 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 like it's not my kid. I could just ruin him. I could just ruin his yeah. sense of the world. 
They just try out all their dead stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me do my more alt stuff. <laughs> just try out. Yeah. Uncle jokes are like the alt dad jokes. We're like, dads are working the clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uncles are like, this ain't, I, there's no consequences here. I'm free to explore. <laughs> yeah. The dads really explore the space. The uncles really explore the space and uh, figure out their voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad's like, all right, I got I have my tight. I got my tight ten. I, I need to stick to it. <laughs> I'm going to throw you in the pool. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. an uncle's move. Yeah. Yeah. I should know. I have I have like twelve uncles, but a, a big development here is ah, uh, that's a damn story. I said a uh, I don't know how old she is at this point. It's hard to keep track, but she has said swear words. Right. I, you, yeah, a damn story, and this makes Jack really mad. Atticus, this is a uh, Atticus's uh, interesting parenting move. Don't pay <laughs> any attention to her, Jack. She's trying you out. Cal says she's been cussing fluently for a week now. So Scout is cussing like a sailor, and Atticus is like, it's the attention thing. I'll We'll just ignore it, and she'll get bored. I love this. Scout said, I was proceeding uh, on the dim theory, aside from the innate attractiveness of such words, that if Atticus discovered I had picked them up at school, he wouldn't make me go. So like, oh, school's so, making her swear. Yeah. So that little nugget before, yeah. like, hey, remember how we don't like school? It's going to come up a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she did it with the N-word thing, and then th- she did it again right yeah. now. These bad, yeah, these bad words are at school words. School words, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. You pick up a lot of things at school. So Uncle Jack goes, yeah, a pretty, a pretty like a, a whip, whips, whip quick uh, change of uh, attitude where he tells her not to swear at all. Yes, um, he, Uncle Jack definitely still has the uh, children should behave. He likes to be goofy, but he's not like, yeah, smoke a cig with me. Yeah, <laughs> he's not the like, uncle you smoke hear, pot with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear any of that stuff while I'm here. While I'm here for the rest of the week is what he tells her. Um, and then he gives her, gives him the guns. You'll have to teach them to shoot, said Uncle Jack. That's your job, said Atticus. I merely bowed to the inevitable. So they got him guns. Foreshadowing. Yeah, but yeah, such a little thing of like, oh yeah, Atticus is not going to teach him how to shoot. Uh, but it's also kind of funny of like, yep, let's give these two known rascals a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're alone all day thinking of stuff to do. I'm surprised. Yeah. I guess it's, I mean, it seems they were gonna like They ask him constantly and it's like, as much as he's like an uptight ethical lawyer, he does seem to be like a, a guy, a fun dad who understands ch- children. <laughs> yeah, he does seem to like have his, yeah, know what he's doing with the dad thing. I mean, he lets them play. He lets them do what they want. Yeah. He's a little bit hands off. Yeah, and he lets them even like get away with stuff because clearly he knows way more going on than he lets on to scout. As we'll see later when he gives his big old speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows he's doing. Um, we get a big description of the Finch's landing, and uh, so this is this took me a little while to kind of figure out what he's talking about here. But uh, Simon Finch built it to please his nagging wife, but with the porch's all resemblance to ordinary house with its era ended, blah, blah, blah. The internal arrangement of the Finch house were indicative of Simon's guilelessness and the absolute trust with which he regarded his offspring. So he made, there's six bedrooms, um, four for the eight female children, one for Welcome Finch, uh, but there's two different The only son of the family was named Welcome Welcome. Finch. (laughs) That's a way of like, I wanted this son so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's, there's a lot. There's a lot in that little name selection. He's named Welcome. Like he's finally has a son. So the six daughters they live in bedrooms that are accessible through only through a staircase that goes right from the bedroom of their parents. Yes. So no. So they, he always knows yeah. when the daughters are coming in and out. Yeah, they can sneak in and out. And then Welcome's got his own staircase. <laughs> That goes yeah. to his room in a yeah, guest whatever. room. Yeah, whatever. Who knows? Welcome would be like a really fun friend to have. He'd yeah. Be that, that friend you want to hang out with. 
because he has like, like a, a romper romper room. Yeah, definitely the one who's got the cool house where you could be you could say swear words and yeah. play Xbox. Yeah, so basement watch R-rated movies. Yeah. yeah, that's the friend you want. But the daughters are like literally. It's like you gotta you gotta sneak past the sleeping dad. <laughs> yeah, don't wake daddy. Um. So yeah, it's like so. This is like reinforcing that he's an old. It's an old fashioned. It was an old fashioned house they all grew up in. Yeah. No, and they and they go far to establish like they are not removed from that southern plantation history. Right. Right. Uh, Atticus is, and uh, Uncle Jack sort of is. But yeah, and Atticus was born at roughly eighteen eighty five, at least eighteen eighties, wow. and it's, so it's like. Yeah, he twenty like fifteen years removed from the Civil War. His dad probably fought in the Civil War. His cousin was a Confederate veteran, right? So like, yeah. this is yeah. You, you got to give him. I mean, you, yeah, you can't give him that much credit. Yeah, he but is. Atticus, uh, wow, he is part of that history, and he is going against it with his court case. But it's like they're not shy about like, yes, every Southerner has to acknowledge like this is his family's history. Yeah. Um. So with yeah, with this location again comes. Uh, playing with Francis, which is so boring to scout, right? So yeah, and we were talking about you can relate to like, oh no, the boring cousins here, bad cousin. Oh, <laughs> I gotta entertain the bad cousin. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, what 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 did what did uh, Francis get for Christmas? And he goes, what I asked for, uh, a pair of knee pants, <laughs> a red leather book sack, five shirts, and an untied bow tie. <laughs> is Francis John Hodgman? <laughs> 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 what a punchable it really is sentence! Like, yeah, what a little dork! Yeah, like, yeah. Who's that? Uh, the uh, the kid from The Simpsons? It's Martin in The Simpsons. <laughs> like, oh, I love. I, I want an untied bow tie. Oh, knee pants! Yay! <laughs> Highly dubious. <laughs> Highly dubious. Yeah, and then <laughs> the great line. That's nice. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Jim and me that. got air rifles, and Jim got a chemistry set, and then Francis also like. Because friend, like the other, the the boring cousin sees you as the boring cousin. <laughs> right, right. A Goes, toy one. A toy one, I reckon. <laughs> no, a real one. It's gonna maybe some invisible ink, and I'm gonna write the dill in it. <laughs> and Francis is like, why? <laughs> well, you. <laughs> well, can't you just see his face when he gets a letter from me with nothing in it? It'll drive him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Scout just has a bunch of schemes yeah, going on. <laughs> such a rascal. Yeah, it's like such a different guy. Okay, then she goes, talking to Francis gave me the sensation of settling slowly to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> like, the matter of fact, like the narration really is super funny. Scout's narration is, like, getting to be hilarious. Yeah, she roasts Francis. And you know what? Yeah, it's more jokey than a lot of the narration. You know, like, it, Catcher was funny sometimes, but, like, this is, like, it's, like, straight up, like, it's, like, deadpan D- humor. Deadpan rot. Yeah. Just a second, the next sentence, he was the most boring child I ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as he lived in Mobile, he could not inform me on to inform on me to school authorities, but he managed to tell everything he knew to Aunt Alexandra. Oh, he's a telltale, who in turn unburdened herself to Atticus, who either forgot it or gave me hell, whichever struck his fancy. So, like, every Christmas, Atticus gets a full, fresh report that's telephone-gamed from Francis to Aunt Alexandra, and then goes like, all right, I didn't know about that, or I already knew about that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, sister, I do. I do my best with them. Like, uh, so he's frustrated by it. So, like, yeah. we've already discussed how like Atticus is very, very like uh, calm and collective when he deals with other adults, especially and yeah. regarding his kids too. Like, he's like he's like collected. Like, like hey, I understand they did bad. Like, 
but they'll work to, like even when they're in the wrong where like he talked to Miss Rachel about yeah. like calm down about poker. But it's only the only time we've seen him really get raise his voice at all. Or not even, like well Miss Motti it wasn't raise his voice, they were just gesturing a lot. Right. Um and then with his sister, like who and he says it's sharply but the only time I ever heard Atticus speak sharply. Yeah. Sister, I do the best I can with them. And it had something to do with my going around in overalls. It's <laughs> so like, like that little thing gets Atticus. But I, I think it's an indication of like you know family family history. Riled up. He doesn't want to like, but also it's like, oh, I don't want my daughter to be a, a plantation lady. Like he seems already yeah. to be like, like I I'm not I'm not I love my family, but these traditions that I don't care for. He's rebelling against the family, and we should get to we should get to that. Um, because uh, yeah, so Francis calls Scout an N-word lover. Uh, just the way that Calvin did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, so, like, I'm skipping to that. Like, so as soon as, uh, as soon as that phrase is uttered, uh, we hear Scout, uh, Scout's narration goes, when stalking is one's prey, it is best to take one's time. Say nothing, and as sure as eggs, he will become curious and emerge. <laughs> <laughs> so she just takes that. She, she has such an instinct for, like, how am I going to beat up this child? <laughs> Hunt this kid. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, well, I'm trying to find where you got to. Oh, just jumped down a couple paragraphs past. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's a couple. Yeah. She. He calls it. He calls him. Uh. He calls her Idicus so, and Lover a couple times. Yeah. So Francis does a little smart thing where he makes her mad and then he goes to Anna Alexandra and said she's been mean. Yeah, yeah, here. When stalking, once pray. I see where you are now. Yeah, covering his butt for later. Uh, so yeah, so he he's up the game of now not instead of like you he is a lawyer for n words. It's now you're an n word lover. Yeah, which is like, um, and once again, Scott's like, I don't know what that means, but he's saying it like it's the worst thing in the world to yeah. be. Yeah, Scott knows the tone, and that's all that's important to Scott. And Scott's next thing is to defend her father, like. I can't have you saying bad things about my father to my face. What kind of kid would I be if I let that happen? Um, and then, so he, yeah, Francis shot back in the kitchen, so we're tired of steps. I could wait patiently. Uh, and then Anna Alexander goes, hey, where's Francis? And she goes, he's out yonder in the kitchen. He knows he's not supposed to play in there. And Francis yells out like a little twerp, Grandma, she's got me in here, and she won't let me out. <laughs> and then what is all this, Jean Louis? So, like... Already, Francis has manipulated the adults. Yep. Let's see. Francis, uh, Jean Louise, if I hear another word out of you, I'll tell your father. Did I hear you say hell a while ago? Uh, she's like, no, <laughs> I thought I did. I better not hear it again. So she's already, she's like, Francis is winning the battle right now. Yeah. Appealing to the authorities. Yeah, let's see. Here. Um. If that was. So yeah, she's stalking Francis. So now she's got to wait. Until she could get close to him. Uh, And then here it comes. Francis looked at me carefully, concluded that I had been sufficiently subdued, and crooned softly, Edward Lover. This time I split my knuckle to the bone on his front teeth. My left impaired, I sailed in with my right, but not for long. Uncle Jack pinned my arms to my sides and said, stand still. So she gets caught almost immediately after punching him right in the teeth. Yeah. Two quick jabs, and then it's over. Yeah. (laughs) But also, she split her knuckle to the bone. Yeah, that's Ooh. awesome. Yeah, real get. I mean, like, like she, like the whole point was that she's not supposed to fight during this. But like, as far as getting one good shot at, yeah, boom, <laughs> at a punk. 
Uh, yeah, and then Uncle Jack is uh, yelling, who started who this? Started this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> grandma, grandma, Francis, Francis, grandma, she called me a whore lady and jumped on me. <laughs> is that true, Scout? I reckon so. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what do you think? The thing that she said that she did call him a whore lady or while she yeah, was punching him? Yeah, she's like, yeah, I probably called him a bunch of bad Right, words. she just went white hot? Yeah. Or does she not even care what his stupid accusations are? Yeah, she's like, I wanted to punch him in the face yeah. and I said a bunch of horrible things. But a whore lady is a funny thing to call a little boy, right? <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, it's established again, she doesn't know what any of these words mean. <laughs> yeah, right, okay, that's the, that's the joke, yeah, is that she's just saying words that she's heard that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're a prostitute. <laughs> You're a dirty little whore. <laughs> Francis, so with your knee pants, you dirty little whore. <laughs> <laughs> knee pants. And your book sack. Uh, and then Uncle, Uncle Jack, he says, you know, I told his features were like Aunt Alexandra's. So right now he's he's starting to be, at, he's not Atticus's brother anymore. He's Aunt Alexandra's. Yeah, yeah. No, I told you you'd get in trouble if you use the words like that. I told you, didn't I? Yes, sir. But, well, you're in trouble now. Stay here. Uh, she debated whether to run. I turned to flee, but Uncle Jack was quicker. I found myself suddenly looking at a tiny ant struggling with a breadcrumb in the grass. So, so now she's bent over. Yeah, she, and she's being beaten. Yeah. This is the, like the, the fact that she's looking. There's a moment in Mad Men where someone gets raped, and the whole shot is her point of view, and she's just and she's just staring under the couch. So all like It's a very effective shot of like she just sees under a couch like and she's just staring at that this reminds me of that where it's like the like what she's looking at indicates like her her mindset is like uh she's just she's just like um trying to withstanding like, something yeah. yeah getting through it yeah just bread with a breadcrumb in the grass yeah uh let's see here she uh, and the classic ch- child line, i'll never speak to you again as long as i live i hate you and despise you and hope you die tomorrow that would be a good album title. A <laughs> uh, statement that seemed to encourage Uncle Jack more than anything. I ran to Atticus for comfort, but he said I had it coming and it was high time we went home. So this, yeah, this ends the whole visit. Yes. Or like, it, you know, it's, it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and Jim tried to say something nice, but I wouldn't let him. So like, it's, it's drama. I mean, it is drama that if, if, well, they're like eight and nine, so like I imagine at like a family party of two eight and nine year olds started beating each other up <laughs> viciously. <laughs> uh, I like a, so I, she's surveying the damage, and there's seven or eight red marks. So she's like looking at her own uh, rear end uh, that's yeah. being beaten, and uh, she's reflecting upon relativity. Relativity being the thing that Uncle Jack was helping her with. Yeah, with the uh, the what, sl- splinter. The, yeah, so she's learning about distracting herself from pain. Uncle Jack said if I talked like that, he'd like me again, so I was quiet. Scout, do you still hate me? Go on, please, sir. Why, I didn't think you'd hold it against me. I'm disappointed in you. You had that coming, and you know it. Didn't either. So now she's going to tell her side, uh, where she's like, you aren't fair, you aren't fair, not fair how. You're real nice, Uncle Jack, and I reckon I love you even after what you did, but you don't understand children much. Right, so then Uncle Jack finally, uh, it's kind of nice, because like, Scout is like kind of being very Atticus-y, where she's like, you got to hear my side of the things. Yeah. And then Uncle Jack says, all right, proceed. proceed." He literally says proceed. Yeah. (laughs) Like a judge would say. Um, And Scott says, well, in the first place, you never stopped to give me a chance to tell you my side of it. You just let right into me. 
when Gem and I fuss, Atticus doesn't ever just listen to Gem's side of it. He hears mine too. And in the second place, you told me never to use words like that except an extreme ex extreme provocation. And Francis pro provocated me enough to knock his block off. <laughs> Uncle Jack scratched his head like, okay, like well, kinda, yeah, I'm not expecting this little lawyer child right now. <laughs> Francis called Atticus something and I wasn't about to take it off him. What did Francis call him? An inward lover. I ain't very sure what it means, but the way Francis said it, tell you one thing right now, Lejack, I'll be, I'll, I swear before God if I sit there and let him say something about Atticus. He called Atticus that? Yes, sir, he did, and a lot more. Said Atticus would be the ruination of the family, and he let Jim and me run wild. From the look on Uncle Jack's face, I thought I was in for it again when he said, we'll see about this. I knew Francis was in for it. I've got a good mind to go out there tonight. Please, sir, just let it go, please. I have no intention of letting it go. Alexander should know about this. The idea of, wait till I get my hands on that boy. Uncle Jack, please promise me something. Please, sir, promise me you won't tell Atticus about this. He he asked me one time not to let anything I heard about him make me mad, and I'd rather think we were fighting about something else instead. Please promise. But I don't like Francis getting away with something like that. He didn't. You reckon you could tie up my hand? It's still bleeding some. Of course I will, baby. I know, I know of no hand I would be more delighted to tie up. Will you come this way? So now... He's on our side. Yeah. Weird. It's a weird turn. I mean, like, I don't really get Uncle Jack's character here. Well, he is like, he, I mean, he, he clearly feels bad that he beat, beat Scout. Her. Right. And he, and he reacted pretty quickly. And then uh, Scout appealed to him, appealed to him using kind of Atticus language, which he obviously respects. Yeah. And so, then it's yeah. also like, uh, what, I mean, so it's family values here, where it's like to Alexandra's side of the family. Defending uh, Tom Robinson is the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Uh, and to, and like, Jack seems to not care. He doesn't say either way, but Jack to him is like Francis insulting Atticus that viciously is like, that's the worst thing you could do. So now he's like, oh, I beat a woman or beat this child that I love yeah. for doing the right thing. Right. He didn't know the whole story. Right. So now. Um, now, uh, later she's supposed to be in bed and scout sneaks down to get a glass of water and she hears Atticus and Jack talking about this incident, right? So, um, we can read this too. Um, uh, well, even we have this, uh, she asked me what a whore lady was like, <laughs> like she doesn't know what <laughs> these words are. What's a whore lady. And then, oh uh, yeah, she just never, uh, yes. she never gets the answer. Um, so Did here's Jack. I shall never marry Atticus. Let's see. Sorry. Missing it. Right uh, I shall never met. Why? I might have children. You have a lot to learn, Jack. I know. Your daughter gave me my first lessons this afternoon. She said I didn't understand children much and told me why. She was quite right, Atticus. She told me how I should have treated her. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. I romped on her. She earned it, so don't feel too remorseful. Her use of bathroom infective leaves nothing to the imagination. But she doesn't know the meaning of half she says. She asked me what a whore lady was. Did you tell her? No, I told her about Lord Melbourne. Jack, when a child asks you something, answer him. For goodness sake, but don't make a production of it. Children are children, but they can spot an evasion quicker than adults. And an evasion simply muddles them. No. You had the right answer this afternoon, but the wrong reasons. Bad language is a stage all children go through, and it dies with time when they learn they're not attracting attention with it. Hot-headedness isn't. Scout's got to learn to keep her head and learn soon with what's in store for her these next few months. She's coming along, though. Jim's getting older, and she follows his example a good bit now. 
All she needs is assistance sometimes. Atticus, you've never laid a hand on her. I admit that. So far, I've been able to get by with threats, Jack. She reminds me as well as she can. Doesn't come up to scratch half the time, but she tries. That's not the answer. No, the answer is she knows I know she tries. That's what makes the difference. What bothers me is that she and Jim will have to absorb some ugly things pretty soon. I'm not worried about Jim keeping his head, but Scout would just as soon jump on someone as look at them if her pride's at stake. Atticus, how bad is this thing going to be? You haven't had too much chance to discuss it. It couldn't be worse, Jack. The only thing we've got is a black man's word against the Yules. The evidence boils down to, you did, I didn't. The jury couldn't possibly be expected to take Tom Robinson's word against the Yules. Are you acquainted with the Yules? Uncle Jack said yes. He remembered them. He described them to Atticus, but Atticus said, You're a generation off. The present ones are the same, though. What are you going to do, then? Before I'm through, I tend to jar the jury a bit. I think we'll have a reasonable chance on appeal, though. I really can't tell at this stage, Jack. You know, I'm hope to get, I hope to get right through life without a case of this kind, but John Taylor pointed me and said, you're it. Let this cut pass from you, eh? Right. But do you think I could face my children otherwise? You know what's going to happen as well as I do, Jack, and I hope and I pray I can get Gem and Scout through it without bitterness, and most of all, without catching Maycomb's usual disease. Why reasonable people go stark raving mad when anything involving a Negro comes up is something I don't pretend to understand. I just hope that Jem and Scout come to me for their answers instead of listening to the town. I hope they trust me enough. Jean Louise? Sir? Go to bed. So, and then, yeah, a great last paragraph. Yeah. I scurried to my room and went to bed. Uncle Jack was a prince of a fellow not to let me down, but I never figured out how Atticus knew I was listening. And it was not until many years later that I realized he wanted me to hear every word he said. Right, so Atticus is using this to kind of explain to Scout the situation that he's in. Yeah. Which, is, which has been a long time coming. It seems like she really needed to know. Yeah. And also, we, so we should be noted that, like, woman, woman Scout narrator uh, is there at the end understanding what really happened. Yeah. And what Atticus was doing as a parent. Probably heard her, her come down the stairs, and it's like, oh, that's Scout. Um, but it's also like Atticus is like, hey, she needs to, like, I don't care what happened with Francis. She needs to be calmer because this is going to be a very tough summer. <laughs> yeah, this is just a taste of what's to come. Yeah. It's like if she can't handle this, you know, she's not going to be able to handle the whole summer. She's going to yeah. be screwed. And he's like, so she needs to mature. Like, And he's like, sorry you beat her for the wrong reason, but she needed to be beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, she needed to be beat anyway. So great. But, he, but Atticus still has not beat her, which is interesting. Yeah, which is like... So it seems like Harper Lee is saying, like, don't beat your kids, which is uh, that's ahead of her time. Have your brother beat your kids. Have your brother <laughs> beat your kids at a moment's notice. <laughs> Without even asking why. <laughs> <laughs> Just hop in there. Yeah, let's beat our brother's kids. So that seems like that's uh, – although so they, they didn't leave that night, huh? They were – like, they were going to leave. It seems like right after the beating, right after the beating, Atticus wanted to take them all home. They did go home. Uncle Jack's staying with them. Oh, they're home. Got it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Finch's Landing is not far away. They do, do, they, do, yeah. you stay, do they stay there? It's the they... same town. They're both yeah. in Maycomb. Gotcha. Okay. Mobile is where uh, the children... Uh, so, Anne Alexandra has two grown... Well, one grown son with a wife. And then Maycomb, yeah. And they live in Mobile. Mobile. And then Maycomb is where Finch's Landing is. Yeah. It's in the same town. Uh, yeah. Um, Which is why they are kind of invested in this trial. Because it's happening. It's a Maycomb thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's they care about. That's why they know. And also it's the family. The family's in high stakes right now. Right. It's the, they're standing in the their social standing in the town. Yeah. As a former plantation owner, uh and 
also is just like generally contribute to the white supremacy in the town. He is going against that. And then uh, harsh switch. We get a we get a big old Atticus chapter. Yeah, baby. I'm just thinking about Atticus. All Atticus all the time. Get ready for this is gonna be oops, all Atticus. What we call this chapter. <laughs> uh, so it starts off by like we uh, we've mentioned this before. Atticus is feeble. He's old. Yeah, he's an he's old man. An older man. I think yeah, he was nearly fifty. So that's what like was coming up during when he was uh, with the fire at, with Miss Maudie's. Like, he's not a young man. Yeah. He did have children late, so he would have been maybe like forty-two when he had Scout. Yeah, yeah. If he's almost fifty now, he'd be yeah, yeah, forty-two, which is that's pretty old to even have a kid. Not kind of old to have a kid now. I mean. Yeah, but yeah, back then that's ancient. <clears throat> yeah, so he won't tackle football with Jim. He, like, there's all these like comparisons to the other fathers. Um, mm. He didn't do like the labor jobs the other fathers do. These are all me- these are all mentioned. I do love this. Of our father didn't do anything. He worked in an office, not in a drugstore. Atticus did not drive a dump truck for the county. He was not the sheriff. He did not farm, work in a garage, or do anything that could possibly arouse the admiration of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very that's a very girl scout narrative move. Is like of like my dad's a lawyer. How embarrassing! Doesn't he's a, do anything. He's a paper pusher. Yeah, he just he just does different kinds of paperwork all day long. Yeah, it's boring. Uh, besides that, he wore glasses. Oh. <laughs> Two strikes. Um, he was nearly blind in his left eye and said left eyes were the travel curse of the finches. Um, he never went hunting. He did not play poker or fish or drink or smoke. He sat in the living room and read. Man, this is a tight chapter because like, yeah, this, this chapter is even more episodic than the last one. This is like a this is like a bottle episode. This is like self-contained. Yeah. Because like, so we talk about the air rifles right away. Um, Atticus wouldn't teach us to shoot. Um, and he says, uh, I'd rather you shoot it at tin cans in the backyard, but I know you'll go after the birds. Shoot all the bluebirds you want if you can hit them. But remember, it's a sin to, to kill, kill a, a mockingbird. mockingbird. <laughs> and he turned toward the camera when he said it. <laughs> Boy, this has really been a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> it's one of those great moments where they say the title... And you have to underline. I feel like an idiot. Like I was on the train underlining oh, it. Oh, <laughs> <right now. laughs> I mean, this will be important. I, I I have not graduated from you know with, with all of education. I have not gone like well. This must be very important to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. Um, but it is. So hey. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, the two <laughs> big lines: it's sin to kill a mockingbird, and just be you kind of start even though just because you're going to lose a hundred years from now, like or like you know you're going to lose, you got to still try. You got to still try. Miss Maudie explains what that means. Mockingbirds do one thing, but mockingbirds don't do one thing, but make music for us to enjoy. They don't eat up people's gardens, don't nest in corn cribs. They don't do one thing, but sing their hearts out for us. That's why it's a sin to kill a, a mockingbird. mockingbird. Yeah, the cameraman's getting tired in this chapter. <laughs> and then uh, changes tone. Where now it's like, oh, this is a. It it definitely is so episodic. Where it definitely feels like. I could see a room of TV writers like, all right, this one is about old fathers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. She goes, "We in an old neighborhood. This is not, everyone here is old." Yeah, Miss Maudie says it's not that bad to be old. I don't call fifty very old. Yeah, <laughs> not being being wheeled around yet, am I? She's such a fun, sassy, like middle-aged yeah, lady. I like Miss Maudie a lot. Fun to read her. But I must say, Providence was kind enough to burn down that old mausoleum of mine. I'm too old to keep it up. Maybe you're right, Jean Louise. This is a settled neighborhood. You've never been around young folks much, have you? Yes, I'm at school. 
I mean young grown-ups. You're lucky, you know, if you and Jim had the, have the benefit of your father's age. If your father was 30, you'd find life quite different. I wonder how. I mean, like, we were talking about how, like, maybe, you know, like, because Atticus is so set in his moral uh, decisions. He understands his morality so well. He's not figuring it out. He knows who he is. Yeah. He had already decided it. At, probably by his old 30s, was like, how am I going to raise a child? And then, like, he picked it, and he stuck to that plan. Yeah. He's he's pre- a predictable father, which is a very good thing for a father to be. Like at least you know have yeah. your, you know have your standards. They know yeah. what he's gonna do. Have your wild years and then have a child and just be the guy who sits and reads and <laughs> gives speeches. <laughs> but enough about you, Kev. <laughs> uh, let's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's like trying to sell him on their father. Like he can play a Jew's harp. Um, like all yeah. these cool things. <laughs> he, he can make yeah. a, Atticus can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. There's life in him yet. And then the the question of what can he do? Like he's like a toy. <laughs> yeah. What can he do? <laughs> what does he do? He can play. You can make a really good will. Uh, he's uh, a good checker player. She's yeah. like she's trying to figure out how to impress this this child with her father. Yeah. Could beat everybody on both sides of the river. Good Lord, J- Miss Maddie, Jim and me beat him all the time. And like that's such a kid line of like doesn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's letting you win. <laughs> Did you know he could play a Jew's harp? The modest, this modest accomplishment served to make me even more ashamed of him. <laughs> oh, that's great. I missed that. Too. Yeah, like, oh, that's even worse. If that's the thing you're saying oh, that he can that's, do. Uh, my dad is. So it's like so set up that Atticus is a bad. He's not He's not any fun. He doesn't do any cool dad tricks. Yes. And then she says, well, dot, dot, dot. And well, what, Miss Monty? Well, nothing, nothing. It seems with all that, you'd be proud of him. Can't everybody play a Jew's harp? Okay, right. So right there, she wants to mention the the shooting. The shooting that he can do. He's very good. The but wor- but yeah. it's clear that he's been like, hey, I don't shoot anymore. I don't do that. I'm that. retired. I'm retired, baby. Don't drag me back in. Even if I ask you to. But how convenient! Just after this conversation, a moment comes up. Oh no! That shows. A different skill of Atticus's. What's that there in the distance? Man. That's old Tim Johnson. That's <laughs> old Tim Johnson the dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a guy, he's a dog. His name's Tim, Tim Johnson. Johnson. Even even his name is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we could we could stop right at Tim, but he's referred to as Tim but Johnson. But even Tim is like, who names her dog Tim? <laughs> hey Tim. Tim, my friend Tim. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Oh, no. Tim pooped on the floor. <laughs> Alan, you peed on my <laughs> my lawn. Alan, stop humping. <laughs> yeah. Alan Leibowitz has been humping my pillows all day. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim Johnson is uh, hobbling down the, down the lane. What's he doing? I don't know, Scout. You better go home. This is, I do like this little interaction between uh, Atticus and because uh, uh, oh yeah they're the they're they're playing with the guns and they're pointing at uh, Miss Monty's uh, butt and they go Atticus comes home to dinner and he goes what are you shooting at Miss Monty's rear, rear end, end. <laughs> Atticus turned around and saw my generous target bending over <laughs> pushes generous, generous target, target. <laughs> <laughs> he pushes his hat to the back of his head and crosses the street Monty he called I thought I'd better warn you you're in considerable peril. And then she straightened up and looked at me, and she says, Atticus, you are a devil from hell. (laughs) (laughs) Atticus, you are a devil from hell. They're flirting, man. Yeah. They are, uh, they're back and forth, baby. Is that innocuous middle A widow and widower, man. I know, they're made for each other. 
Yeah, if this was a TV show, they'd have them hook up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Will they, won't they? Yeah. Uh, told me to break camp. Don't you ever let me just like just bunch of gun stuff. Don't ever let me catch you pointing that gun at anybody again. Right. I wish my father was a devil from hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, this is funny how it's like this is really being uh it's really really laid on thick. Yeah. I, man, Atticus really can't do anything. I don't admire him for any of his his traits. <laughs> yeah, and then Calpurnia. She has Calpurnia, and he's like, Mister Fringe, why are you gonna do lots of things? Uh, <laughs> like what? And then she goes, Well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one more, yeah, one more, jeez. Uh, yeah, just really That's pounded sad. in that Atticus is unimpressive. And then uh, another football thing, yeah, Atticus didn't play football. Um, everyone in town's father is playing except for Atticus. Gems, they didn't even want to go, but he's unable to resist football in any form. So he had he went to the football game, even though it was in, kind of embarrassing for Atticus to kind of watch all the younger yeah. men play football. Yeah, Atticus can't play. <laughs> he's old. Uh, but Gems like, uh, I'll still go and watch. I love football. Anyway, all that stuff happens right before Jem and Scout see Tim Johnson ambling down the street. And they he looks kind of weird. Yeah, something strange is happening with Tim Johnson, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which has got to be a, it's a joke. It's, it's a pretty good joke on her part. Right? Yeah, that's got to be a quirky, southern town joke, yeah. Yeah. Um, so right away, it's like... Uh, um, What's he doing? Uh, I don't know, Scout. We better go home. Ah, oh, Jem, it's February. So even right there, it's like there's a kind of thing. which We figure this out. Like um, the idea that it's a rabid dog doesn't make much sense in February. Yeah. And the only theory I can think of is like there's more animals out in the summer, and so a dog was more likely to be bit in the summer. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't fully know. It's but. not – I mean, like uh, the text is all we need, you know, but like – uh, we're 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 seeing that like they're surprised that there's a mad dog in February. It's not what they're used to. Yeah. So something strange is happening at a weird point of time. Yes. Oh, I wonder if that reflects later in the uh, in the themes of the book. Something doesn't fit into their usual conception of things, and that's a problem for them. Yes. But they're not able to recognize it as problems first because it's not what their conceived notions of what problems are. And they're not able to deal with it without the help of. Atticus Finch. Finch. Uh, so Cal, so Jem goes to get Cal. There's something wrong with an old dog down yonder, and Cal's like, I can't wrap up an injured dog's foot. Leave me alone. Yeah. He's sick, Cal. Something's wrong with him. Uh, what, no. So Jem does the 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 walk of a rabid dog. Yeah, Jem does a really good impression of a rabid dog, and Cal is like, Oh no, that's a I was mad like, dog. Are you telling me a story? Like she's like, Oh, oh no, there's a rabid dog. Uh, and now it's like you could just hear like the da 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 da. Yeah. It's a Alfred Hitchcock movie right now where it's like there's a, a, a something that's gonna can hurt people really badly coming down the street. Oh, totally. I mean, like, there's a thing about like um like when you look at an empty nothing scarier than a deserted yeah that's in, a, in another page. Um, nothing is more deadly than a deserted waiting street. It's like such a it's very cinematic. Yeah, almost like a western town waiting for the duel to begin. Yeah. So Calpurnia go, tells him to stay in there, and uh, she goes and warns the neighbors. She calls everybody. She calls Atticus. Yeah. She calls the neighbors. She even pounds on the Radley's door and said, hey, Mr. Radley, stay in there. I think that's <laughs> so funny. Is that like, yeah, the whole point is everyone stay at home. And she goes to the, over to the Radley's like, no, they're good. They're going to be staying in there. Yeah, like, they don't leave the house. <laughs> they've been ready for a mad dog for years. Like they are. Yeah. They've they, been doing a mad dog drill. He's scared of mad dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they got it. They're set. 
Yeah, he even goes, Radley's got a phone. They won't come out anyway, Kel. I don't care. I'm going to tell them. She bangs. Mr. Nathan, Mr. Arthur, Mad Dog's coming. Mad Dog's coming. Uh, She's supposed to go around back, I said. Don't make any difference now. Oh, there's a quick night of, like, servants go around back. and like. Oh, damn. She's supposed to go around back. I, that's what I missed. I thought that she, they wanted everybody to go around back, but no, but Calpurnia goes around back. Yeah, damn. that's kind of like a little sad uh, sign of the time type thing. Uh, Let's see. Stay inside, son. Where is he, Cal? So, yeah, Mr. Heck is there, the, uh, yeah, the sheriff's so Vin, there. Yeah, Mr. Heck, uh, Atticus pulls up riding riding shotgun with a sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Very cool, Atticus. Cool move. Uh, Yeah, and this Mr. Heck Tate's got a belt row of bullets sticking in it. He carried a heavy rifle when he and Atticus reached the porch. So, like, Atticus is called for this situation, and it's like, uh-oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Atticus, yeah, Atticus is home, yeah. They call Atticus. The guy who doesn't teach him how to shoot. What's he doing here with this What's sheriff? What's he doing here? He had to get called home from work? I mean, this took me by surprise. I, I did not see this see this coming, honestly, the first time I read this. Yes. Um, but they're talking about it. Um, again, we get scouts saying, I thought Mad Dogs foamed at the mouth, galloped, left, and, and lunged at throats, and I thought they did it in August. Had Tim Johnson behaved with us, I would have been less frightened. So that's interesting. If, she, if, if, if this Mad Dog had looked more like a Mad Dog... It would make sense to me. It would, I, I, it would, if it had fit into my con- previous conception of Mad Dogs, that would have been more comfortable. But now I'm uncomfortable. But yes, like the same way, like if her conception of of racism, oh, uh, racism, uh, was acted like it thought it was, it would have been less scary than this quiet, ominous racism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, this is not a Mad Dog racism we're going to be dealing with. It's going to be a weird, quiet, quiet, systematic racism, losing their mind, but not doing anything particularly threatening at the moment. Yeah, and even actually, uh, last chapter, uh, Atticus refers to it as Maycomb's peculiar disease or yeah. something like that. Um, peculiar. Maycomb's man. usual disease. So yeah, it's like, nice. she'll not, she'll like, oh, this is happening in a weird time, and this is not what I was told racism is. I was yeah. told racism is KKK, guys, but it's like, oh, this it's weird, ominous, like, oh, there's a challenge to the supremacy of whites over blacks in this town. Yeah, uh, so this is a little bit of a metaphor and to show that Atticus is a dang cowboy. <laughs> Badass. Uh, yeah, nothing's more deadly than a deserted waiting street. The s- trees were still, the mockingbirds were silent. Mockingbirds. Uh, yeah. So we could hear everything. I heard Mr. Tate sniff, then blow his nose. I saw him shift his gun to the crook of his arm. I saw Miss Stephanie Crawford's face framed in the glass window of her front door. Everything is like through Scouts' senses. It's a very tensely described scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, a very good. Yeah, also very good. Harper Lee is very good. The moment to moment, like, here's a tense moment. Let's yeah. really live in it. Let's but, take yeah. a bath in this moment. Yeah, you live in it. Yeah, right. Because he, she could have the dog, just like running down the street and breaking. But it's like the dog's not doing anything, and everyone's waiting, and we're all waiting. We're yeah. Like, what like suspense? Suspense. Yeah. A lot of uh, not a lot of suspense in most literary novels. It's very impressive. Yeah, it's very well well written. Um, um, so, where does the where? Let's see. Uh, Tim Johnson was advancing at snail's pace. Uh, he's looking for a place to die, and then Mister Tate turns around. He's far from dead, Jim. He hasn't gotten started yet. So, like, oh, it's like worse to come with this dog. So it's, and uh, and it's it's good balance of like they're worrying about the dog, then you see the dog moving, and it's really it's just a dog slowly moving, but it's like you're waiting for the the rage to start. Uh, and then out of nowhere, take him, Mister Finch. Mister Tate handled the rifle to Atticus. Jim and I nearly fainted. <laughs> Don't waste time, heck, Atticus said. Go on, Mister Finch. This is a one-shot job. 
Now, when I read that the first time, I thought he meant this is like a you know you have to do you have to just kill this dog in one shot. But we later find out that Finch's <laughs> Atticus's nickname is One Shot Finch. <laughs> so this is a shot. This is a job for One Shot Finch. Don't just stand there. Heck, he won't wait all day for you. For God's sake, Mr. Finch, look where he is. Missing, you'll go straight into the Redley's house. I can't shoot that well, and you know it. I haven't shot a gun in 30 years. I'd feel mighty comfortable if he did now. Damn, damn war dialogue. <laughs> and that cat, Ed Calpurnia's like, sweet Jesus, help him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then here's the, the cowboy, the lone shooter on the hill. Atticus pushes glasses to his forehead. They slip down, and he dropped them in the street. So his glasses are gone. In the silence, I heard them crack. Atticus rubbed his eyes and chin. We saw him blink hard. In front of the Radley gate, Tim Johnson had made up what was left of his mind. He had finally turned himself around to pursue his original course up our street. He made two steps forward, then stopped and raised his head. We saw his body go rigid. With moments, with movements so swift, they seemed simultaneous. Atticus's hand yanked a ball-tip lever as he brought the gun to his shoulder. The rifle cracked. Tim Johnson leaped, flopped over, and crumpled on the sidewalk in a brown and white heap. He didn't know what hit him. Uh, Mr. Tate jumped off the front porch and ran to the rally place. He stopped in front of the dog, squatted, turned around, and tapped his finger on his forehead above his left eye. You were a little to the right, Mr. Finch. Always was, answered Atticus. If I had my druthers, I'd take a shotgun. Badass. (laughs) And then he stopped and picked up his glasses, ground the broken lens to powder under his heel, and went to Mr. Tate and stood looking down at Tim Johnson. So he shoots this dog and then grinds his like broken glasses into the ground. <laughs> Puts out a cigarette, kisses a woman. <laughs> <laughs> this man who just likes to read in a chair. <laughs> yeah. And this is mind blowing to Scout. Yeah. Know? But I mean, it's also foreshadowing of foreshadowing of like they have no idea how good of a lawyer their father is. Exactly, they don't. They've never seen him in action. They've never seen him do what he's meant to be doing. Yes, they've only seen him be a quiet, tired man. Uh, Jim was paralyzed, so Jim is like on like on another planet. I pinched him to get moving, but he went. Atticus saw his company. He called, "Stay where you are." Uh, they're collecting the dog, and then Miss Mata yells out. I saw that one-shot Finch. <laughs> so Miss um, Mountain knew the whole time. She didn't want to tell him. That's how much she she knows Atticus, and Atticus doesn't want to talk about this. Yeah, he doesn't like this about it. Uh, then he talks to Jim. Come here. Don't you go near that dog. You understand? Don't you go near him. He's just as dangerous, dead as alive. Jim, uh, for the second time, yes, sir. And then he goes, Atticus. And then Atticus goes, what, son? And then he goes, nothing. <laughs> and Mr. Tate's like, just a, like a, a friendly southern guy. Like, what's the matter with you, boy? Can't you talk? Don't you know? Didn't know your daddy's... Hush, heck. Let's go back into town. <laughs> <laughs> so even now, he won't let him say nice things about his shooting. Uh, let's see here. So Jem is just deeply confused. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and Miss Stephanie's around. You gotta so love Miss Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, Miss Stephanie, they, they start gossiping about it. But then Jem goes, did you see him, Scout? Did you see him just standing there? And all of a sudden, he just relaxed all over, and it looked like that gun was a part of him. And he did it so quick, like, I have to aim for 10 minutes before I can hit something. Well, now, Miss Jean Louise, she said, Miss Mowdy said, still think your father can't do anything? Still ashamed of him? No. <laughs> Forgot to tell you the other day that besides playing the Jews harp, Atticus Finch was the deadliest shot in Macomb County in his time. <laughs> Oh yeah, your your father could play the harmonica. It wraps up so tightly. Yeah. 
Oh, and also he is a world like a county renowned sh- shooter of guns. Certified. Do badass. children like that? <laughs> Do children <laughs> like it when their dad can shoot a gun better than anyone else? <laughs> Forgot dead to mention shot. that. Yeah, dead shot. That's what I said, Jem Fish. Uh, Jem Finch. Guess you'll change your tune now. The very idea. Didn't you know his nickname was Old One Shot when he was a boy? Uh, when down, why down a landing when he was coming up? If he shot 15 times and hit 14 doves, he complained about wasting ammunition. He never said anything about that. Jem muttered. And then it's uh, Miss Monty has her theory as to why he never says anything. If your father's anything, he's civilized in his heart. Marksmanship's a gift from God, a talent. Oh, you have to practice to make it perfect, but shooting's different from playing the piano alike. I think maybe he put his gun down when he realized that God had given him an unfair advantage over most living things. I guess he decided he wouldn't shoot till he had to, and he had to today. And then Scout says, looks like he'd be proud of it, and then Miss Monty's got a, a great line. People in their right minds never take pride in their talents. <laughs> that's, such a good, that's such a really good line. I feel like you don't hear that sentiment very often. Yeah, of like, oh, the things you're good at, a lot of it is just chaos and genetics. Yeah, it's luck, yeah. It's a gift. It's just a gift. Yeah, like, why would I be proud of this, like, w- this weird thing that I'm just naturally good at? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, pride is a big part of this whole thing. Scout's pride. She has to take care of that. Atticus's pride about being able to look at his children. Yeah. I mean, then pride in general is a big part of Southern culture. Right. And Atticus kind of fighting against Southern culture. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole big thing. So, right. Atticus gave it up because he's so good at it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I was. it was too easy to kill. I was like, he was, a, he was a, like just a, a dove murderer. <laughs> it was too easy. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, okay, so, like, he's also talented at lawyering i guess yeah and he never talks about that okay right he doesn't talk about it but he just still he, does he, it. he's even like uh like i i'm gonna do this case and like later it's discussed that like it pretty much he was assigned yeah when it would have been a public usually would have been the, the youngest public defender who got the case but it's like oh you're i i want atticus to do this one because he is the best and he will do well and the the judge is a, a secret uh Liberal at heart. <laughs> oh, nice. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love this. So I mean, like, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess we can see the like Atticus, the un like the unknown mad dog, the uh, the surprising mad dog, and Atticus takes it out. So with his yeah. secret skills, because well, he had to, not because he wanted to. Yeah, he even was like, "Please let someone else do this," and they're right. like, "Only you can do this." Yeah. And he's like, "All right," and. He breaks his glasses on the on the way doing it, uh, and won't let anyone talk about how good he did it. Yeah, so it's a pretty it, you can see it pretty locking in pretty easily to, you know, yeah. foreshadowing of what's going to happen with the trial. I yeah. guess. Yeah, it's a, a very exciting anecdote to set up Atticus as this uh, as the type of hero Atticus is. Um, humble, humble, very skilled, but not looking for glory. Yeah, not out for glory, but out to do what's right. Yes. And he doesn't not like to use uh, his skills to cause a stir unless he absolutely has to. But they're impressive. They are. They are impressive. He's just a quiet, mild-mannered gentleman who is also a superhero. Can we go back to how badass it is that the the sheriff was like, "This is a one-shot job." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like also how crazy it is for like they're they're a situation where you need a gun and you go get a private citizen. There's <laughs> 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 like cops being like, "Oh no, we gotta shoot something." The cop, yeah, the <laughs> cops like, "You gotta do this." Here you go. 
You got it. Sorry. You got to shoot this shoot this dog. I do also love Stephanie Crawford being like, oh, he probably had fleas. He's going to be so mad. And it's yeah. like, oh, she was so quiet when, because uh, she literally saw the, the face planted against the window. <laughs> yeah, she just. She's yeah, such she, a miserable gossip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just wants something to gossip about. So, yeah, that, I mean, that too is going to come up later, I'm sure, during the trial, right? I'm calling stuff I haven't even read. I'm just like, I'm calling shots before they're even uh, sinking. Yeah. And then Jem has a realization, which is another quiet thing about Jem, like more and more understanding the complexity of his father. He's growing up. Uh, don't say anything about it, Scout. What? I certainly am. Ain't everybody's daddy the deadest shot in Macomb County. I reckon if he'd want us to know it, he'd have told us. If he was proud of it, he'd have told us. Maybe it just slipped his mind. Now, nah, Scout, it's something you won't understand. Atticus is real old, but I wouldn't care if he couldn't do anything. I wouldn't care if he couldn't do a blessed thing. And then Jim picked up a rocket through a jubilee at the car house, running after him, he called. Atticus is a gentleman, just like me. Ooh, man. So we've had some rebellion of Jim against his father, and that's gone now, it seems yeah. like. He's 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 uh, come back home. Yes. He's realized this is the type of man I want to be. Yeah. Mild-mannered, very helpful to the community, but not looking for glory. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was boring, and then I saw him shoot that gun, and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. You you can it's cool to be boring if you're also good at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, well, I mean, well, in his own words though, Jem says he wouldn't mind if Atticus couldn't do a damn thing cuz he has the, the the principles I think is are what Jem admires. Or can we what can we yeah. take from that, right? Um, I mean, I mean he, he he wants to be a lawyer. So like even from the get-go it's like, oh, Atticus was his hero. Like Yeah. Just the standard father son stuff of like I want to be like this guy. But he had some rebellion. He's already he's been some had some rebellion in the chapters. But now it yeah. seems like he's on board with Atticus. Yeah, he was like he needed to make his distance to test the waters. Yeah. Um, but it was very important to him that Atticus know that he respected him. That was the whole thing of getting his pants back, uh, and then like breathlessly confessing all of his, all of his sins to him. Yeah. Uh, and the, the moment where I think a big a big turning point was is when Atticus said, "I'm never going to worry about you. You always have a plan." Wow, right. Like he has comp- full confidence. I'm proud of you, basically, is what he heard. Yeah. Yes. And now he's like, oh, I, I want to be exactly like my father. That's what I'll do. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll i be the guy who can shoot a dog but never wants to. <laughs> yeah. So this little episode, it's like, yeah, it's like a self-contained thing, but you can see how it's going to be uh, a microcosm for yeah. the rest of the book. It's like if it was a, a, it's like a prequel to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole town needs that. to do something. He says something and do it, does it. Uh, without fanfare and uh, without um, pride. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's also racism. <laughs> and it's racism. It's also racism. Yeah, we're getting it's getting a lot more racist. I mean, we're I mean, it's like it's 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 ramping up. We're into the end of we're into the end of part one of the book is almost over. Yes. Uh, Our next episode is going to straddle part one and part two. It's going to be kind of interesting to have that. Yeah, because I think part two starts in that we're chapter twelve. Is, yeah, we're in yeah. the trial. Uh okay, Jim was twelve. Okay, and then Jim so Jim starts going through puberty in twelve. Yeah, spoiler alert, Jim's gonna go through puberty. I think they go to uh Yeah, there's I think we're really getting close to the big old trial. Yeah, we're gonna get into the meat of it. Um so we've we yeah, we've 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 we set the scene and the kind of the themes and motifs are kind of set up, the characters are all ready to go. It's yeah. time for the big show. We've had basically in the beginning part was like a, a quieter Mark Twain novel. Yeah. Like a bunch Americana. of little little like little children adventures, some character establishing. Tarnation. 
but nothing too consequential yet. And then now it's like consequence city, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's time for some real stuff. Yeah. Get your notebooks out. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, my name is Terrence Hartnett. Uh, you can follow me at hahartnett on Instagram.com. My name is Kevin Lopkovich. You can follow me at, at Kevin Lopkovich on Twitter. Rate the, rate the podcast. Tell somebody about it. Uh, yeah, word of mouth is very helpful. We got uh, an email address, uh, okgatsbypod at gmail.com. If you have yeah. any thoughts, anything you want to say to us, send an email there. We have an Instagram page where we post a little memes and uh, we post a nice couple pictures of ourselves today if you want to yeah. see our pretty faces. Uh, but yeah, like, love to hear your thoughts on, uh, and uh, know you're out there, <laughs> please. <laughs> Get involved. <laughs> yeah. We're having a lot of fun doing these books and uh, we hope you enjoy listening. Uh, so yeah, uh, see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Inside of-